We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to give a quick shout out to our partner, Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day, and I started to give them a try because I realized that in order to be the real champion of my life, I have to take care of my body. It's an absolute non-negotiable. So I was looking for a comprehensive supplement that I could take daily as a way to increase my overall health and good habits. Because I've realized that one small thing every day is the quickest way that I can create lasting change in my life. And I think about it like this. My choices and my actions matter. So I think of taking AG1 as a choice that is a vote for the person that I want to become someone who's balanced, vibrant, healthy, and full of energy. And that's why I love AG1. It tastes so great and it gives me everything that I need to feel my best. So if all-in-one comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go over to athleticgreens.com coachable. That's athleticgreens.com coachable today. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high performance coach and breathwork facilitator. And each week I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart back in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're going to want to take notes as I pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration that you need to unlock your inner champion. What's up, Coachable family? Welcome back to the Coachable podcast. This is where we talk about the game of life and how to play it and learn from some of the best experts in the game. Today is going to be absolutely magical because I'm joined by Miss Emily Fletcher, who is a returning guest to the Coachable podcast. If you haven't heard about Emily, if you haven't listened to our past episode, she is absolutely incredible, a thought leader. She is really known in, um, in this space for her work in meditation. She is the creator and founder of a signature technique called Ziva Meditation. I've gone through her course. It absolutely changed my life. And she's taught the Ziva technique to over 50,000 people throughout the world. She has had graduates, including Oscar winners, Emmy Award winners, Navy SEALs, NBA players. And she really helps people to use these techniques for peak performance and to reduce stress because she's also 
and author of the book, Stress Less, Accomplish More. How many of us want that in our lives? Um, but she's also got a brand new podcast out that's coming out, I think, right around the time this episode is going to be launching, all about why isn't everyone doing this? We're going to get more into that in this episode, and I can't wait to hear what she's got to say because she's going to, she's been doing some new work that's around the taboo topic of sex. So we're going to dive into it. Let's get into it right away. Emily, welcome back to the show. I am so, so, so glad you're here. My sister, my friend, I wish you were here in studio, but so glad to have you. But also let's celebrate like how far you have come and how much the podcast has grown, this beautiful studio. I am celebrating you. And just to give listeners a little window in, in our conversation, you just said like, I have everything I want, everything I need. And I just, how rare is it to hear people really say that? And, and even if they do have it to stop and celebrate it. Mm -hmm. So I'm really honored to be here with you and excited to dive into these new territories. Yeah, I know. I so enjoyed our last conversation and uh, you really got me thinking about my own practices, especially around my meditation practice. But I'd love for you to kind mm -hmm. of pick, uh, pick us up from where we left off. Give people a little bit of background about what you do. If they don't know who you are, what do people need yeah. to know about who Emily Fletcher is and what has... You, what you've experienced in your life to help you become the woman that you are today. Mm. Well, to pick it up where we left off, you know, so I was on Broadway for 10 years. I found meditation. It cured my insomnia. I stopped going gray. I stopped getting sick and it changed my life so profoundly. I actually legitimately had that thought of like, why isn't everyone doing this? Like I've always been the type of person that if I find something that works, I want to shout it from the rooftops. And I've had that feeling twice in my life. The first time was with meditation and I knew I was on the precipice of something really profound for me personally, but also in the zeitgeist. I knew it was going to change the collective because this is back in like 2006, I believe that I originally learned. And it's hard to imagine, but there was no headspace or calm or Oprah Chopra. Like meditation was still weird. Online courses were still weird back then. And so now cut to, you know, obviously the whole world went through a huge change as did I. And I'm having that moment again now where my body's like, ding, 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 like, wait, why isn't everyone doing this? Mm -hmm. And a few years ago, you know, as the world was changing, my whole life was changing and I discovered something new and it was like, wait, why isn't everyone doing this? This thing is so good. Mm -hmm. It helps you to feel amazing. It helps you to become a magnet for your dreams. Wait, I got to shout this from the rooftop. And yet it is one of the topics that is the most clouded in shame, taboo, conditioning, repression, trauma. And so it's, it's not, um, they're not simple waters to enter. It takes quite a bit of preparation, both for me and for the, and for the people that you're speaking to. So it's been a fascinating journey and a really exciting one. Mm, that's amazing. So take us into that. What was that second moment for you that was like, what did you stumble across that made you stop and say, why isn't everyone doing this? What is that thing for you? What does that new work look like? And how did you come to find it? Yeah. So, you know, I've spent a whole career sort of framing meditation as a productivity tool. Mm -hmm. And which, if you look at it, is quite a masculine way of being. It's like, oh, take this rest tool and then use it to make more money and have better sex and achieve more and accomplish more. And I'm, I am proud of what I did. I feel very proud of my contributions to helping to make meditation mainstream. 
And I think that the planet is changing. Hmm. I think that the frequency of the planet is changing. I think we're moving into a more feminine time. And that doesn't necessarily mean female. It just means feminine. It means receptive, lean back, magnetizing. And, and so with that, I'm noticing, you know, all these people are waking up to these new modalities, waking up to these sort of ancient feeling, healing practices. Mm -hmm. So as the whole world is changing, I ended up going through a divorce um, three weeks later, I met my now best friend, mm. who's named Layla Martin, who happens to be a world-class Tantra teacher. I then moved in with Regina Thomashauer, aka Mama Gina, mm. who has a New York Times best-selling book called Pussy, A Reclamation. Such a good book. And I and it's such a good book. And I fell in love with an amazing man who uh, lives in Texas. Mm. So I was living in New York, he was living in Texas, and we, because we were long distance, we had to practice tools and techniques that would help us to be able to connect energetically, even though our physical bodies weren't in the same place. Mm -hmm. So it felt like nature started fire hosing me with this PhD in sacred sexuality. And while yes, this was very fun and entertaining for my own edification, it felt like nature was asking me like, Hey, Emily, you know, that thing that you did for meditation where you took this sort of esoteric thing and you made it attractive and accessible to a mainstream audience. We want you to do that again, but now for this even more potent and even more taboo medicine. Mm. So the actual technique that I have fallen in love with is basically where you, cause you know, I've been teaching mindfulness meditation and manifesting for a long time, yep. but now I found a way to really supercharge the manifestations. And that is through using something that I call creation energy. Yeah. So basically if you think about your sexual energy, you can create a human with it, right? Like you could create a baby. It's one of the most divine things we can do as a human. And thankfully, every time we reach those heightened ecstatic orgasmic states, we don't make a baby mm -hmm. because, you know, it'd start to get real crowded on planet earth <laughs> if that were the case. Yeah. Um, and yet that level of manifestation, that level of creativity is available to us. Yeah. And so what I've learned is where you can take something that you're manifesting, a dream, something you want to bring into the 3D, and then you hold it in your awareness, and then you start to build that creation energy. You build that life force, that charge um, through your body. And then at the moment of peak pleasure, it's like you're dedicating the energy to the dream. Mm. And I like to think about it almost like you're making love to your dreams. Mm. And, and the cool thing that happens is that then when the opportunity comes, because I do believe that your desires are divinely inspired, then when that opportunity comes, instead of going into overwhelm or self-sabotage, it actually is like, it feels like you're coming home. It's like your cells remember this dream. And not only do they remember it, but they remember it positively. Like you're re reuniting with an old lover mm -hmm. um, instead of like, oh my gosh, I have to take advantage of this opportunity or I'm going to blow it and I'm going to die alone with cats eating my face. <laughs> so it's like, if you, if you believe that there's only two frequencies on the earth and one is fear and one is love, mm -hmm. a lot of, of us, when we really get to the precipice of our dreams, we get afraid. Yeah. And so one of the beautiful byproducts of this practice that I call pleasure prayer, where you're using your pleasure to pray is that instead of being afraid of the opportunity, you actually can meet it with love. Mm. This is so interesting because we're talking about this idea of creating something new, a new reality, a new a better future, a better world for ourselves, for our children, for all of us to exist in. And that's um, less dense, less heavy, less shameful, like that feels more free and light. And it's sometimes I, when I think about that, that world that I want to live in, sometimes when you look out at the news or social media, you're like, how are we ever going to get there? I mean, we can't even talk about 
sex without slut shaming or talking about your body count or or what that means and what, you know, who you've slept it with and and there's so much fear and shame around these things, especially just like even growing up for me as, uh, as someone who grew up in the Bible Belt of the South, like these were things that were so shameful that you hid, that you did not talk about, that you weren't mm-hmm. taught about. And you sort of discover on your own, whether that's in school or through porn or whatever. And now you're talking about an entire different way of thinking about our pleasure and our sex, uh, like our sexual energy mm-hmm. as a sacred act, as a holy act yeah. that also can birth a new reality, not just using it to create babies, but to create something new entirely and a new, new way of being and a new way of experiencing ourselves in the world. Can you just maybe start by talking about the fundamentals of manifestation in general? Because one thing you said that um, really stuck out to me and one of the things that I really make an effort to do on this show is to help people develop and create lives that feel as good as they look. Because mm, there yes. are so many of us that are putting in so much effort to look good, to have the right you know, photos on our social media, to get the, the date so that we can get married because we think that's going to make us happy and or whatever we want the cars and the credentials and the things to look good. But how many of us actually feel good when we lay down with our partner at night or when we lay down alone at night? And I would beg, you know, I would I would assert that most of us don't feel that good. And I know mm-hmm. from personal experience that part of the manifesting process is prioritizing feeling good and letting that good feeling be the thing that attracts actually what you want. So can you just take people through kind of the fundamentals of manifesting first and then talk about how that relates to pleasure prayer, as you call it? Yeah, 100%. It's like my favorite thing to talk about (laughs) is both manifesting and then using this creation energy to supercharge it. And I just want to highlight, because I really resonate with what you said, you know, you grew up in the Bible belt. I did too. I was raised Southern Baptist. And so I just want to speak to anyone that's a little freaked out or a little nervous or a little like, oh, I don't know if this is for me. Um, I just want to like validate that. Like this is historically very culturally, um, I I think it's been very on purpose. Um, We've been separated from our own divinity. We've Mm -hmm. been divorced from our own divinity. You know, I grew up, like I said, Southern Baptist watching, you know, like men in khaki suits yell at me and tell me what I should or shouldn't do with my body. And I just thought like, Ooh, Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel like it. I remember I asked my mom, I was like, Hey mom, how do we know we're Baptist? Mm -hmm. Like, were we born Baptist or did we choose it? And, and I asked her if I could go and check out the other churches and, and things in Tallahassee. It wasn't a huge, um, wasn't a huge selection, Mm -hmm. but she let me even at five years old. And then I grew up and I got on Broadway and Mm -hmm. I became world-class at being wanted, Mm -hmm. at knowing how to make people want me. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a showgirl and lashes and headdresses and heels and the way I moved my body, the way I would sing. And, and yet I did not know want. And again, I thought this is not it. Mm -hmm. And now after discovering these beautiful tools, these sacred sexuality tools, this using 
your own creation energy to manifest, like finally I'm able to tune into my own desires, mm. to what I want, to what my body desires. And rather than thinking of that as bad or wrong or a sin or dirty, which is what we're conditioned to think, it actually feels like one of the closest to God I've ever been. Mm. It feels like one of the most holy, sacred acts that I could actually dedicate this to my dream, that I could dedicate it to the divine. And, it, and it's been such a healing practice. And talk about feeling good. Mm. It's not the quick pleasure of like, oh, I ate candy and now I feel sick or, oh, I watched porn for three minutes. And, and I think my roommate Regina calls it a crotch sneeze. Like I had a crotch sneeze, but now I feel more empty on the other side. Yeah. It's a very different act that feels like you're, you're filling yourself up from the source. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I've taken such a liking to this practice is that there are so many similarities between meditation and sacred sexuality, because really what you're doing is that you're getting your hands on the wheel of your own internal pharmacology, mm -hmm. right? Like with meditation, you're flooding your brain and body with dopamine and serotonin, which are bliss chemicals. And then when you engage in pleasure practices, yes, the dopamine and serotonin are there, but you add to it oxytocin, mm -hmm. the love hormone, norepinephrine, adrenaline. So it's like you're supercharging the biochemistry of manifestation. Right. And if I had to write a two-sentence book on manifesting, this would be it. <laughs> feel good, place the order. Mm. And then I'd reverse it. Place the order, feel good. Feel good, place the order, place the order, feel good. Feel yeah. good, place the order, place the order, feel good. And it's so simple but that doesn't make it easy because feeling good is not about putting a happy face sticker on an empty tank of gas or putting a happy face sticker on top of a gaping open wound of unhealed trauma, mm -hmm. right? Like to feel good sustainably, reliably, and honestly is usually a lifetime of work. Yeah. <laughs> and then to have the bravery to place the order, mm -hmm. you know, to even be clear enough and be able to listen to yourself, to nature all of these things might sound simple, but they do require some level of mastery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is so good. You're talking about shifting from this distorted idea of what we've been taught sex is and what pleasure is used for and reclaiming. Mm -hmm. It's this recl like reclamation of our own embodied experience and yeah. letting it be for us instead of for our partner or for for only for certain things when it's appropriate right and mm -hmm. and i remember you know my journey to reclaiming my own sexuality has been you know it's been a journey it still is and mm -hmm. i'm still learning to deepen my practices around this and release shame and trauma that that i had throughout my you know teens and college years. And I remember, um, and this is something I haven't ever talked about on the show, but it's honest. And I hope you'll, you guys listening, like will relate in some way, but like, I remember for me, my own personal like pleasure practice was like the biggest act of rebellion I had against what I had been taught was right and wrong because I wasn't taught to explore myself. I wasn't taught that that was okay or that was like allowed. And when I started yeah. to do that, there was just something in me that knew, hey, this is my body. This is my vehicle. Mm -hmm. This is my home that I've been given mm -hmm. in this lifetime. No matter where I go, no matter where I move to, how far I run, I can't outrun this thing. So I better get to know it and make it an environment that I love to be in, that feels good to be in. And that's been a journey for me. And I remember one of the first, 
ways of reclaiming this, my, my sacred sexuality, started with my own embodied pleasure and my own pleasure practices as a big kind of fuck you to the world that told me that wasn't okay, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Good for you. Because look, I always like to ask why, right? I mean, that's the, the name of the podcast. Why isn't everyone doing this? Right. And so the, this seems almost obvious, right? It's like, of course, it's like the thing that makes the world go round. And yet, unfortunately, because of the level of trauma, because of the level of shame, because of the level of conditioning, um, and stigma around it, it has been sublimated, mm-hmm. right? It's gone into the recesses. And, and unfortunately, like a lot of our children are learning about sexuality from porn. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, when we've become so over-sexualized, but undersexed, mm-hmm. right? And, and so it's like, how do we, like you said, reclaim that and start to remember that actually this is something that nature gave us. Mm -hmm. But if you believe in God, that God actually gave you this internal pharmacology. So why on earth would it be a sin to utilize the thing that someone gave you? Like I would not give you like a perfume and be like, never wear this perfume, Tori. It's It's going to make you sick. You're going to burn in hell if you use this gift that I just gave you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. So we got to ask the question, why? Why did it become so taboo? Why did it become such a stigma? And, you know, I mean, there's a million answers to that question, but I think at the end of the day, people who know how to plug themselves into the, to the divine are very hard to control. And the same is true of psychedelics, right? Like we see the same level of repression and shame and fear around psychedelic medicines, which is another external way, an exogenous pharmacology of a way of us remembering our own divinity. Mm -hmm. And so these things, it's like the most potent tools are usually the most taboo. Mm -hmm. And so, and with that, it, it requires care. For sure. It's not like, oh, let's just start being flippant about this very powerful tool. No, that's not it at all. It's about teaching it and learning it from a place of reverence, Mm -hmm. from a place of care, from Mm -hmm. a place of honoring the potency and the power of these tools. Yeah. And I just want to just bring a little bit more emphasis to the current narrative around sex that exists in our culture, because I was, I Mm -hmm. I was just reminded of this today when I was sitting with a client and um, this topic came up and and she was super vulnerable and honest with me. And she was like, Tori, you know, I don't know if I've ever had sex um, when I wasn't drunk (laughs) because Mm -hmm. for her, she needed to escape and leave her body to participate in this, in this act. And it was an act. It wasn't really a, a dance. It wasn't something she really wanted to be participating in. It's something that she thought was expected of her. And in order to do that and to have a relationship or whatever, she the the types of sex she was having wasn't enjoyable. It wasn't pleasurable. And it was actually something mm-hmm. that she needed to escape in order to uh, participate in. And I, I was just yeah. thinking, as you were talking about earlier in your your um, journey of now finding, you know, a new partner and falling in love and experimenting with these things and having such a deep connection, even when you're not in the same city. You know, I don't know how many of us have even had that deep, reverent, holy, orgasmic experience with someone ever, right? It's like, mm-hmm. do we even know that that exists, first of all, which is why your podcast is going to be so instrumental in educating people and empowering people to reclaim this and and learn about what's available to them. But at the same yeah. time, it's like, this conversation is so important because people need to know that this is even an option. 
because they've only yes. ever been conditioned to believe that they have to experience themselves and their bodies and their partners in certain ways. And so this might be the yes. first time they're ever hearing that like there is a way to explore and experience yourself that is so deeply safe and grounding and loving and uh, pleasurable that also then can be used to create amazing things in your life. And I just want to give people yeah, that, like stop and put an emphasis on that because I think so many people are hearing this probably for the first time being like, what? Like what? that's not what my sex life is like. Like what are they talking about? Yeah. And the cool thing is that they they go hand in hand. Like the more you start to um, discover and explore from a place of safety, from a place of consent with your own body, with your own practice, what it opens up in your ability to manifest is like, oh, and if I'm being very honest, and this is sort of embarrassing to admit, I definitely deprioritized my pleasure. Like I was like, I'm too busy for that. I'm running a company. I'm a mom. Ain't nobody got time for that. And it honestly wasn't until I coupled my pleasure with my ability to manifest mm. that I then put it up the priority rank of mm. my time. And, and it's, I mean, it's similar to meditation, right? It's like, oh, well, if you meditate, you can be better at your job. And there are similarities to like when you are plugged into your own pleasure, if your head, your heart, and your hoo-ha mm. are in coherence with each other and all tuned to the frequency of your dream, you cannot help but become more magnetic yeah. to people, to money, to jobs, to everything that you want. Because if you were to think about taking two identical twins, okay, same height, same gender, same race, same education, genetically identical twins. And one of them knows how to dance with their own pleasure, knows how to plug themselves into source energy, delights in the little things because they feel so saturated with their own internal bliss chemistry. And the other one is exhausted, overwhelmed, stressed, not enjoying themselves, does not have access to their pleasure. It's like, which one of those people would you want to date? Mm -hmm. Which one of those people would you want to hire? Mm -hmm. Which one of those people would you want to be friends with? It's like, it's obvious. And yet every single day we have the choice of which one of those people do we want to be? Do we want to be stressed and overwhelmed and tired and disconnected from the very source of our power? Or do we want to be joyous, blissful, turned on, radiant mm -hmm. and magnetic when we walk into every room? I want to give a quick shout out to our partner, Athletic Greens. The Coachable Podcast is all about the game of life and learning how to play it. And what I've realized is that all great players have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies. And a huge part of that is optimizing whole body health. For those of you who don't know, AG1 is a foundational nutritional drink that I started taking earlier this year as a way to spice up my supplement routine, double down on my athletic progress, and optimize my overall health. It's become an integral part of my daily morning ritual because with each serving of AG1, I get 75 high-quality ingredients that give me daily nutrients and long-term gut health support. Since starting to take it in the mornings, I've realized how much more energy I have. I used to need two to three cups of coffee to get going, but AG1 gives me a great morning boost, and it's a powerful microhabit that delivers macro benefits all day long. So if you want to level up your game and take care of your health like me, you definitely want to try out AG1 by Athletic Greens for yourself. If you do, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go over to athleticgreens.com coachable. That's athleticgreens.com coachable. Check them out today. Yes, yes, yes. I want that second one. <laughs> <laughs> 
sign me up. Well, and this is so important, Emily. This is like, I think in this moment, what we're doing is writing a huge permission slip for people to come out, step out of this paradigm of shame and fear and say like, there is a new order. There's a new way to do things. And yes, we've got to learn. And yes, we're going to tread lightly. And yes, we're going to start with safety and consent and and it's going to feel completely awkward and it might feel completely messy and new and unfamiliar. And anything we do new is going to feel like that. So if you're like, yeah. hmm, where do I start? Where yeah. do you tell people? Like where, if someone is like, mm-hmm. okay, I want to up-level my sex life, my pleasure, my manifesting, my productivity, mm-hmm. whatever. I want to tap in to my own internal pharmacy and feel better in my body. Yeah. Where do you tell people to start? Okay. So I'll give some, some tools and tips right now. So people can just like start practicing. Cause I'm so lit up about this that I literally want people to finish this episode, you know, mm-hmm. rate it, review it, leave us an amazing show it on your Instagram stories and then go lock yourself in the bedroom. Yes. <laughs> and maybe put on your favorite playlist. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I actually have some awesome playlists or at Zivalicious on Spotify. Heck if yeah. If you want some fun playlists. I do because I was singing, you should have heard me before we started recording. I was like, we're talking about sex, baby. We're talking about and then I completely forgot the words and they were all laughing at me. So I was like, I need to get a better sex playlist. So I will be tuning in oh, yeah. on Spotify. <laughs> I got you covered at Zivalicious on Spotify. Um so so interestingly what I've found is if you've spent your whole life numbing your pain, mm. then good luck trying to feel the full throttle of your ecstasy. That is so, so good. Is the, say that again. Say that again. Say that again. Yeah. If you have spent your whole life numbing your pain, it is going to be very challenging to feel the full effect of your ecstasy. Because, and, and look at it, we've been trained since infancy. Shh, 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 don't cry. Have a bottle, have a toy, have an iPad, have a car, have a coffee, have a pot, have some booze, have some pills, but don't feel. Whatever you do, don't feel because when you feel your feelings, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So I need you to sh- 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 because I actually don't know how to regulate my own nervous system. And this is parenting right now. Okay. We're just telling our kids to shut up and have an mm-hmm. iPad and have some Adderall, but we're not actually trained on how to hold space for our kids. So we have generation after generation that does not know how to feel our own feelings or hold space for someone else. So this is the least sexy part of this work. Okay. (laughs) This is the least sexy part, but probably the most therapeutic and the most healing is that we got to practice feeling our feelings. You know, my favorite Glennon Doyle quote is that feelings are meant for feeling. (laughs) And it's like, we're all trying to think our way through our feelings or problem solve our way through our feelings. Instead, we just need to treat ourselves like a toddler and like have a good cry and maybe a nap. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so part of that I would recommend, and Regina has amazing tools for this, where you like put on a rage song and you just rage it out, put on a sad song and you cry it out. But interestingly, you're like clearing the channel. Mm -hmm. right? So if you're going to actually start to practice pleasure prayer, it's like, stop. I would do a Ziva meditation practice. Um, you know, so drop into your own heart, get still, listen, Hey nature, how would you love to use me? What would I love? And then just see if an image doesn't pop in, see if some sort of a dream doesn't show up and then you want to clear the channel. And oftentimes we do that by naming or moving or releasing anything that it's stuck. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I would recommend that people start on their own before they start this in a, in a partnered practice, mm-hmm. because there's so many new variables. Like you said, most of us think of sex as just like 
whatever, this thing that we do to cross a finish line or we're using porn or it's just, it's like a means to an end versus really savoring and celebrating the act itself and using it almost as a mindfulness practice to to bring such attention and awareness to the sensation that's happening now versus fantasizing about something away from the here and now. So we hold the vision and then we clear the channel. So whatever's coming up for you, if you feel tired, if you feel angry, if you feel sad, if you feel numb, like whatever is becomes the portal. And then you're going to find that once you've practiced feeling those feelings that you have a lot of spaciousness left. It's like you've become this empty vessel and nature does not like a vacuum, right? She will fill it with something. And if you are being intentional and present in your body, then you get to choose what you want to fill yourself up with. And then I recommend that you choose to fill yourself up with this pure creation energy. And that could look like any, I mean, you could dance, you could lightly caress yourself. You could actually engage in a self-pleasure practice. Um, but it's like, we want to practice slowing down, listening, feeling, smelling, seeing, like actually bringing all five of our senses to the party. And even that can be a revolutionary act in a day and age where we're all living in this virtual reality and looking at other people's things through a 2D screen and actually savoring all five of my human senses. You look, look, the robots are coming. Okay. The Mm. age of AI is here. And guess what they can take away from us? They cannot take away our ability to feel good. They cannot take away our ecstasy. They cannot take away our bliss. No one can outsource your own physical pleasure. And it actually turns out that it's the key to getting everything that you want. It's so true. It's so true. And I love that you gave the tip to connect to all five senses because what I imagine is a struggle, I know is a struggle for so many of us, not just in the bedroom or when we're alone with ourselves or with our partner, but in life in general, it's just getting out of our own heads. And I know this is why Ziva is so amazing for that because it helps people Mm -hmm. to drop out of the mind and connect with the heart because the, the heart is what feels and knows. And we can't know and feel, we can't feel our feelings and know the truth of who we are and what we need and how to take care of ourselves and what feels best if we are up in our heads thinking yes. about it. We have to drop in and fi- connecting with your five senses is such a great way to just start that journey from the head into the heart and into the body. Yes. And and thank you for highlighting that. Cause that's actually the first thing that we teach inside of Ziva. So the course you did Ziva online, the very first tool. So we teach mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting. And that's probably the thing I'm most known for, but the mindfulness is really a tool. I would define mindfulness as the art of bringing your awareness into the present moment. Mm-hmm. And so rather than what most people think meditation is, is like clear the mind, clear the mind, focus, pretend nothing is there, pretend you're deaf, pretend you're blind, pretend you're in a black chamber alone, <laughs> but that's not it at all. Like in Ziva, we actually like say, pull the lens back, include everything inside of your experience, practice simultaneity. And the very first tool we teach is come to your senses, mm-hmm. which is simply, Hey, what are you hearing right now? What are you feeling right now? What are you seeing? What are you smelling? What are you tasting? And then from that place of presence and acceptance, 
we surrender into the meditation. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually will say, I just heard someone say recently, like, Hey, I wouldn't even recommend that someone starts practicing Tantra until they've been meditating for 10 years. And wow. I was like, Whoa. And, and I was like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not advocating for that. I think people should start practicing sacred sexuality right now. Yeah. <laughs> and it, um, it spoke to me of like why I've taken to this. It's like, I had been tilling the soil and had fertilized the soil for 16 years so that when these seeds dropped in, it was like, Oh, this really makes sense to me because my body, I was so connected to my body there. I had spent so much time eradicating the backlog of stresses through the meditation practice that it allowed things to, it allowed me to just take to the tools very quickly. Mm-hmm. And to speak to what you were talking about, the five senses, this is a great mindfulness tool. So if you're feeling stressed or even if you're getting ready for a date or if you're having a date with yourself, just coming back to like, what am I hearing? What am I feeling? What am I smelling, tasting, and touching? Mm-hmm. Like really, it, it's a it's a trick almost. It's like you're giving your monkey mind something to do. You're giving the toddler a toy to play with, to take it away from your taxes and your boss and your quarterly goals mm-hmm. and all that. And it's like, oh, here and now here and now. Our bliss exists in one place and that's inside of you. It exists in one time and that is right now. So if mindfulness is the art of bringing your awareness into the present moment, then we're very much increasing our ability to experience that bliss and pleasure and eventually ecstasy. And then the cool thing is that as you get better practice at the five senses reality, you can do the same thing with your dream. Mm. So when you're holding the thing that you want to manifest, you don't just think it like a thought, right? It's not just like, I want a million dollars. I want a million dollars. Like, because you think you should, or because you think you need it, because you think once you get that, you're going to be happy, which is really just an an addiction, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the I'll be happy when syndrome. But instead it's like, if truly, if like abundance is the thing that you're manifesting and let's say no judgment, if a million dollars is the thing that you're calling in, great. I support you in that. But the trick is like, what would that sound like? Like at the moment that that dreams come true, where am I? Mm. What am I listening to? Am I listening to my favorite song, celebrating, seeing the numbers in my bank account? What would it look like? Is, is someone with me? Are we popping champagne? Am I looking at the screen of my bank? Am I, you know, rolling around on a bed of cash? Like whatever <laughs> it is, what does it look like? And what does it sound like? What does it smell like? But most importantly, what does it feel like? And when you were asking for like, what are the print, what is a primer on manifesting? It is, you know, the Neville Goddard quote that feeling is the secret. It's all about what it feels like. Can you get into the the visceral experience of your dream as if it is happening now? And uh, could you put on the VR headset and look around future use reality as if the dream is happening right now? Right. And then in that moment, you get to tap into that feeling. You get to experience it now before it even manifests in your 3D physical experience. And that is the thing that that is the magnet that brings it so close because you're like, I always say this, and I said this so many times on the show, when we think about the things that we want, that we desire, that we're our goals, the dreams that we, we have for our lives, things that we want, we want them because of the feeling that we think they're going to give us. But how can we start to tap into that feeling now? Because it's available to us. And so many of the things that we think we want are those common things that we all want. We want safety. We want to feel love. We want to feel deeply connected. We want to feel supported. It's like, how can I tap into that feeling right now in, mm-hmm. in the depth of it? And 
use that as a portal to create the thing that I want. And I, I tell people all the time, like, you deserve what you desire and you get to experience it, get a taste of it right now. What, one mm-hmm. of the things you said, though, I want to go back to real quick is, is obviously what we're talking about is so important to be embodied, to be in your body, to feel your feelings, to – I love that Neville Goddard, Goddard quote about feeling is – it's the secret sauce. It is the, yep. the magic fairy dust. And if you can get that and you can start to prioritize feeling good – things are going to start to shift in your life. When I started to do that, I realized all the ways I was participating in my own suffering. Emily, (laughs) yo, this was such a breakthrough for me when I was like, why would I neglect myself from feeling good? Why would I not go to the gym? Why would I not move my body? Why would I not dance? Why am I preventing myself from feeling amazing? Like, and I am participating in my own suppression. I'm suppressing my myself. No one's doing this to me anymore. Like we can say it's culture, it's God, or it's the religion, or it's, you know, it's the Republicans or the Democrats. You know what I mean? But it's like, how are Someone's we- Someone's always out to get us. Actually, it just depends on who. Exactly. How are we actually the ones that are preventing ourselves from having and experiencing the feelings we want to feel? And when you mm-hmm. give yourself that permission to have it now, to feel it now- not only do you tap into the joy and the ecstasy that's available in this moment, like you were saying, but you get out of your own way. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. that is like when I started to prioritize feeling good and pleasure across all aspects of my life, things mm-hmm. started to magically happen, like appear in my life. And it wasn't magic. It was me like feeling good and become a magnet to to things that made me feel better. Yeah. You're practicing the dream. You're practicing the frequency. I actually have a whole mastermind called evidence of magic and it's, it's about 26 people and it's co-ed it's all genders. And, and a lot of them are so straight laced. Like we've got military folks. We've got someone who just sold a defense company, a mother of 10, Mm. uh, like really like not your typical, like, Oh, I live in Tulum and practice Kundalini. Like it's not that (laughs) archetype, right? It's people that are very straight laced and never done like medicine work before. And they're showing up for the first time ever, like prioritizing their pleasure Mm. and recognizing how like truly magical it can be. Mm. And so it's called evidence of magic because my big hypothesis is to speak to what you said at the very beginning of the podcast is that if we can get enough people, if we can get a, you know, critical mass of people subscribing to this idea that, Hey, somewhere along the way, we got divorced from our own divinity and it's time to reclaim it. It's time to remember that, that nature actually gave us these tools. And now we want to use them to birth a revolution that does not require a revolt. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we don't want to fight against the old paradigm. We do not want to go to war with the forces that have created this sort of, uh, let's just say out of tune reality that we're living in right now. Instead, what I'm interested in is tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people birthing a new reality with their own creation energy Mm -hmm. of being brave enough and bold enough and imaginative enough 
to actually ask the question, like what world would delight me to live in? And that starts from what would I like to do with my morning routine? How do I want to feel? Do I want to move my body? How do do I want to play music while I make breakfast? Or do I just want to like wake up late, run to the coffee machine and like struggle my way all the way to work. And with this promise of like, I'll be happy when I get a raise, when I make a million dollars, when I meet my person, when I get divorced and then ultimately you're dead. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you're either going to prioritize pleasure right now. (laughs) You either have access to your bliss right now. And then you infuse that into everything that you do or sometimes people make it to the grave and never make that discovery. And so what I'm interested in is like, how many people can we plug into their own energy? And then dream case, like truly the vision that I keep having is tens of thousands of people climaxing at the same time and holding a collective vision for the species and for the planet. Mm. And when people are like, Emily, that's crazy. I'm (laughs) like, well, what seems crazy to me is letting the bus drive off the cliff. Which is what we're doing right now is not working. Yeah, it's like not that's where we're heading. Working. Like, I don't think like inviting people to feel good in their own in the safety of their own bodies is really that radical. Sure. <laughs> I mean, obviously there are there's a whole nother podcast we could get into around if the world's ready for that, when we're ready, the ways to to step our way there. And I think it starts with us. It starts with our personal practice. It starts with reclaiming it for ourselves, empowering ourselves living from our divinity every single day, letting our our lives be the example of what we can create when we are grounded and we do know who we are and we do know or you know what that we are one with the divine. Like I think it starts there. Right. And I'm curious, like for your group and the people that you've been doing this work with, what are some of the results that people are getting from using some of these techniques? Thank you for asking that. (laughs) So there was one man, he's mid thirties, white, straight, fire, firefighter, like, like just so not who you would think would be on this retreat with me. Okay. And we had just done this like group pleasure practice. And I was inviting them to sort of like feel into the opposite gender, which is probably like the, honestly, the weirdest, edgiest thing that we do. And afterwards he sat up and he was like, I just felt what it was like to have like, you know, like an energetic, like female Mm hoo-ha. And then he was like, and I loved it. And then I entered, he felt, he felt like he energetically conceived his unborn daughter. And so he felt the profundity of what it's like to carry a child. And I was like, ladies and gentlemen, this is what the crumbling of the patriarchy looks like. Mm. It is not going out swinging and, and women trying to be like men. Mm. It is it is all of us remembering the divinity of all genders. Mm. And actually, as we move closer and closer to the divine, the soul has no gender. God is genderless. It'd be absurd to try and gender God. Mm. And yet we have, we've sort of made it this patriarchal white man with a beard in the ju- in the sky, judging you for masturbating. Right. <laughs> and so it's like, wait a minute, like, how do we, how do we blow open that mythology? Because the mythology really matters. It impacts how we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, if there is no defined feminine in your mythology, then how are you going to be able to see the divinity inside of yourself? if you are a woman. So there's a lot of things at play here. So that was one, that moment was really big. Another man who was there, a man in his mid sixties. And he said that this work has totally transformed the way that he communicates with his wife, Mm. the way that he raises his daughters. And that instead of coming to them from a place of like, you have a problem, I'm going to try and solve your problem. That he's actually, because he's learning how to hold space for himself, he now knows how to hold space for his wife and his three daughters. 
and he's in his sixties. So it's like this whole generation could have gone a cycle of this propagation of, I'm not going to hear you. I'm uncomfortable with your pain. So I'm just trying to try and fix it for you. Mm -hmm. And instead he is choosing to break that cycle with him. I had, I had a client this morning, she's in her late fifties. And she said that so far she's only, she'd never had an orgasm with a partner. Mm. She'd only had an orgasm with herself, but she's starting to like break that, that seal open. Like it's starting to get closer than ever with her partner, which feels really exciting. Yeah. I've had people, um, you know, honestly, it's, they're just being so brave. Yeah. Like they're, they're demonstrating such bravery by moving into these taboo topics. And look, if you're willing to pleasure yourself in a room full of strangers, like it's been like presenting at the board meeting on Tuesday is like really not that scary. You know? <laughs> so it's like, as they've proven to themselves, their own resilience, they then have this level of confidence when they move into the rest of their lives. Yeah. I think this is, I mean, it's such an amazing opportunity for people to find healing for themselves. But also, like you said, this is the way that we really restructure <laughs> the the world and the the patriarchy starts to come down and we can lead better healthier more full vibrant lives we can feel better we can have families that feel deeply connected and understood by our our parents and our kids and where we want to be more like them instead of being like the story being i never want to do what my parents did to me i never want to be like that right it's 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 creating yeah. this wholeness and this beauty and this healing and so for those who are listening and they want more of this, they're like, I, maybe I, this is all new to me. I'm not a hundred percent sure about this, but I'm curious. I invite mm -hmm. you to follow your curiosity over to Emily's new podcast, all about why isn't everyone doing this? Emily, tell us about the podcast and what you have going on, what people can expect to hear there, why you're excited about it as we wrap up today. Yeah. So truly like those two moments in my life where I asked that question, why isn't everyone doing that? It changed my life, but I was also on the precipice of something that was changing the world. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, being in this, in this work, in this healing modality for the past 16 years, I've had access to truly some of the most gifted healers, some of the most innovative thought leaders, high priestesses, doctors, scientists. And so I'm inviting them on the show and asking them that question. Hey, when was the moment that you thought to yourself, this is so good. Why isn't everyone doing this? And then they get to share their passion. They get to share these healing modalities. And then they also get to share the why so that we understand why many of these tools have not been, um, been made mm -hmm. mainstream, why we haven't had access to them so that some of that old shame or conditioning can start to fall away. So there's topics like, why isn't everyone playing? Like truly, like if orgasm isn't available to you, play always is. Yeah. And so getting present, having fun, even that laughter and that ecstatic state, we've got Aubrey Marcus, Layla Martin, mm. um, Vailana Marcus Blue, like some amazing guests yeah. um, that, are, that are really like stepping into brave uncharted territory and being willing to talk about taboo medicines, but in a way that ideally is both accessible, entertaining, and enlightening. Mm, you know, girl, that sounds like the show for me. I'm going to be tuning in. We're so excited. I'm so proud of you. Congratulations for birthing mm -hmm. this new beautiful thing that I know is a byproduct of you doing this work. And mm. I can't wait for you to share that medicine and that magic with the world. So I hope those listening will go over, follow, subscribe, listen, 
um, to Emily's show. And please also just make the little plug for Ziva Meditation. I want people to know if you want to begin the journey out of your head into your heart, into your body, you want to understand the fundamentals of mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting, I promise you Ziva Meditation is where you want to start. It's where I really understood for the first time what meditation is and how I can use it instead of it being so much work, <laughs> instead of feeling like it was something I needed to perform for and do, and am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? The way that you teach this course is so, so, so well thought out. And I have had such incredible shifts personally since going through it. So can you tell people where they can also get more information about that? Yes. And thank you for sharing your experience. So Ziva Online is probably our most uh, popular and most fun course where you do learn mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting. And it's, it's only 15 minutes a day for 15 days. And then once you graduate, you have these three ancient technologies to take with you for life. Mm. So there's a whole masterclass. I'd love to offer it to your audience for free. And they can go to zivameditation.com slash podcast, and then they can learn all about it. And I think um, you know, I'm sure there's a link you can pop into the, yep. into the notes as well. And, um, and then once you graduate, you have access to a lifetime of follow-up. Mm. So truly it's, um, it's, I'm so passionate about it. And the thing is that if you start with the Ziva technique, it is going to prime the way for all of these other modalities. Like it's going to make everything, the feeling of your feelings, the accessing of your bliss, the ability to even hear what it is that you want to manifest. All of that gets so much easier when you have a daily Ziva practice. Yeah, I would 100% agree. I highly recommend that be one of the first places you start. Also, make sure you go follow Emily on social media. I know you're doing big things on Instagram. Tell people where they can find you online. Yeah. So we're at Ziva Meditation on all the social platforms. So just at Z-I-V-A Meditation. And I'd say Instagram's our most active, but um, we're we're all over. We're everywhere you want to be. Amazing. Emily, thank you so much. Thank you for your wisdom, for your medicine, for your work. Thank you for being brave and being an advocate for our own sovereignty and divinity and taking our power back and enjoying our lives and creating lives that feel as good as they look. That is what we do here on the show. And my friend, I just appreciate you. Thank you for spending time with us today. I hope you guys got so much out of this episode. I know I did. And I can't wait for more. This is the show where we interview some of the best experts in the game for mental health, wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, This is where you want to be. If you love this show, please do me a favor, rate and review. Leave us a five-star review. It's the best way you can say thank you and share this with a friend. I love you guys. Go be coachable this week. We'll see you next week on the Coachable Podcast. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. 
That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.